Hi, welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God, He loves you, and wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. You know, we've been in a series talking about History Maker, and that God wants all of us to be a part of that. One of the things that we've been sharing over the last several weeks in regards to being a history maker is that history is not found in the moment. I know it's going to mess somebody up. I said history is not found in the moment. History is found when you can see your future. When you can see your future, then now history can be made because your now cannot be what it's all about. You know, the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Go back and listen to that verse. Now faith is. I understand that. But what is the now faith? It's the substance of things hoped for. It's always futuristic. You've got to get this in your spirit. If you're going to be a history maker, you're going to have to be somebody that's motivated by what you see in the future. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, or chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10, Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, or entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. Well, you say, wait a minute, how how am I supposed to know what they are? He says, then the next verse 10, he says, but how we know them is by the Spirit of God. He said, by the Spirit of God, you can begin to see what you could not see otherwise. Because you're not seeing with a natural eye. You're seeing with a spiritual eye. When you see with a natural eye, then what you deal with is the moment. When you see with a spiritual eye, then you deal with your future. And I'm here to tell you that when you can grab a hold of your future, then your now is going to begin to create those moments in such a dimension that they were going to have, have a history that's going to be written, not based upon the circumstance, but based upon what God has ordained for your life today. God said, I'm going to go before you and make the crooked path straight. God said that, that I want you to know that I live in eternity You live in the present. God lives in eternity. God comes back from eternity to visit us in the presence so we can take take us into what he has planned for us. He says, I have plans for you, and they're good plans. I have thoughts towards you, and they're good thoughts. So I want you to get ready. If you're going to be a history maker, then you're going to have to stop looking at your circumstances. We talked about God does not dwell in the past. He doesn't dwell in the present, but he lives in eternity. I said he doesn't live in the past. He doesn't live in the present. He lives in eternity, but he comes back to visit us so he can take us to that place that he's prepared for us, that he's he's set for us called purpose and destiny. Every one of us, he said, we talked about this earlier teaching, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're creating the image and likeness of God, and we're to be fruitful and multiply. Our history is about what we can produce in life, creating actions that cause another reaction. Bible says that they're going to look at us and see God reflected through us. And God says it this way, they're going to see your good works and they're going to glorify me. He, they watch and see what you're doing and he's going to glorify me. He says, you're going to bear fruit. And when you bear fruit, he says, I am going to be lifted up and I'm going to be glorified. So we want to talk about today about being a history maker and about setting your stake, putting your stake down that you can begin to stay claim, if you will. You need to stay claim on your future. That's what this is all about. I'm a history maker, and the way I am is I stake my claim on the history that, that God has ordained for my life to walk in, to create. See, there's nothing new under the sun, he says in the book of Ecclesiastes. What was always has been, what has been always was. Consequently, we're living a life that if we'll let God lead us and look at the future for what God's called us to, he says we're going to be able to stake our claim on the, guy, on the life that he has proclaimed for us to have. I want you to know something today. God has some plans for you that are the most incredible plans in the world. And it's not based upon this coronavirus and what's going on and what's taking place. You cannot allow this moment to rob you of your future. You know, fear is a funny thing. And the enemy uses fear all the time to try and rob us from what could be. 
You know, I heard a message years ago from my mentor, Dr. John Evazzini, and he talked about what could have been. Well, I got news for you. I'm not going to live my life based upon what could have been. I'm going to live my life based upon what God ordained to be. I, I, I made up my mind. I, that's the journey that I'm going to take in my lifetime. And so today we want to talk to you about that. You know, we talk about stakes and, and things of that nature. Back in the, in the 1800s, especially during the, the, it's where the early part and the middle part of the 1800s, they used to go out west and they were beginning to get land for everybody. And they had these, these things that they'd people get together in their wagons and horses. You've seen it on the movies and stuff. And they'd get these, their stakes and, and they would go out and they'd turn them loose. And there, here goes all this herd of people going out into empty space, if you will. And they're putting their stakes down with their, with their name on it or with their numbers on it that they had received from the, the land people. And they put it down. It meant that this was their territory this was their land see the unique thing about it though and this is what's been amazing to me is that when you study history what many of them would do they would go out a week or two weeks or three weeks before they even had that day that they could go out and put their stake down and they would scout out the land and they would begin to look what land would be best for them for what they wanted to do with that land see they were trying to figure out what they were going to, where they were going to put their stake based upon how they saw their future and I want you to get that in your spirit. I, I'm going to put my stake down based upon how I see my future. I've got to have a future before I can put my stake down anywhere and lay claim to that. See, if I, if I don't know, if I don't have an understanding, it's going to be hard for me to lay claim to what God has for me. And so we want to begin to talk to you today about being able to set yourself up for the future that God has for you. We want to talk about the fact that the Bible clearly teaches us in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 that if we're in Christ, we're Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. He says that we are heir according to the promise given to Abraham. We go to the book of Genesis and we see that over there that God visited Abraham in chapter 12 and he said if you'll leave everything you got and move to some place you've never been because if you stay where you are, you're never going to see your future. You're going to have to begin to move. You have to begin to do something. You see, you can't lay claim to a future if you're not willing that now get this in your spirit if you're not willing to make a commitment to make a change you're never going to change we taught on that uh, uh, if you will several months ago in our services here about change we taught it on our in fact just a few weeks ago we taught in our daily devotionals that change is necessary but it's important to know something you can't lay claim you cannot put your stake down on what was it's got to be on what is it's where you're going. It's where you're, what, where you're heading because you've got to bring that change. Now watch this. Now change, it's important you get this, change is going to require instruction in your life. Then you're going to have to begin to find some instructions. And we're going to talk to you about that in just a moment. Now once you get your instruction, now you've got to be disciplined. Oh, I said, now you've got to be disciplined. You make a commitment, and now you have to find the instructions that you become disciplined to that. Most people, they, ne they never can operate in what God's called them because they've never taken time to understand instructions. But if you're willing to commit, then you begin to go to the Word of God and find instructions. Hear the men and women of God to hear instructions. And at that point now, you can now move into that new dimension. And when, you, when you're willing to do that, the discipline that you must develop in your life. Now, why do I need discipline? Because discipline means there's going to have to be some type of action that takes place. Faith without works is dead. Faith Without, without faith, you cannot please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have to have faith. And what is faith? Faith is an activity. It's an action. What action do we take? It comes out of, if you will, our ability to know that we're committed 
committed to who God called us to be, number one. Number two, we're willing to go to the Word of God and listen to the men and women of God and find instruction for our life. Once we're willing to do that, then we're willing to be disciplined enough to begin to bring ourselves in, as the Apostle Paul said. I, he said, I tear down every thought that exalts itself against God. I bring my body into subjection. We have to be careful. We've got to begin to move into that di- dynamic. But once we do that, what happens is this. Is once we move into those three fa- phases, all of a sudden we begin to see some action take place. You've got to be in the act on what you believe. Faith without works. Faith without the action of obedience is rendered inoperative. And so we're going to talk about how do I lay that claim on that future God has for me? How do I put my stake down so that when, when the time comes, because in a few weeks we're going to ask you to come by the church. And in fact, I really believe it won't be that long another few weeks we may be back in church and we're working on that right now we'll let you know about that over the next week or so we're looking at the exact date they open the short doors back up to this building and we're going to talk about putting these stakes in your hand and we're going to talk about sitting yourself in that position to where now you have begun to make a change in your life and I want to talk to you about that because no change can happen without action now why is that so important because action always creates reaction and that's the problem with a lot of people today. They do not want to make a change. Consequently, they want to sit right where they are. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, you know, when we come back into church, we're really concerned because, you know, we, we're going to have to walk by some people. You know, you're going to get too close to them maybe. You know, we know we're going to do social distancing, and we're going to set this thing up, and we're going we're to make it safe, and, and we, we're going to have all the sanitizer, and we're going we, we're to have them be able to clean the building after every service and, and sanitize the building, and we're going to do all of that. For those who have masks, we're going to have masks available. Somebody said, yeah, but still, you know, I might have to walk by and get too close to somebody. I said, well, let me ask you something. What do you, how, how are you getting your groceries? And they just got kind of looked at me. I said, do you, do you go to, to the grocery store? How, how, how are you getting your meds? Do you, do you go to the drugstore? How, how, do you, how do you drive your car? Do you put gas in it? They just kind of, I said, oh, I see. So it's more important for you to put gas in your car than to come in the presence of God. See, we're a funny people. And we let the world dictate us and tell us this stuff. I'm always, I'm always amazed when the world tries to tell you what to do when they themselves don't know what to do. When we realize that, that even though there's a problem in the land, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When we begin to put God first, it's amazing how God begins to move on our behalf. And so we'll be letting you know in a few weeks. We're going to be coming back in, and we'll get all the information to you. We'll be sending out information by way of the, of the uh, website, but also by way of mail-outs and things of that nature. We'll be making announcements and things. And we're going to be coming back together. And we're going to do everything that we can to make people feel comfortable and make people feel safe. At the same time, please do not use the excuse, I'm afraid to go to church, but you show up at a drugstore. Don't, don't use the excuse that, you, well, you know, they got a plexiglass at the, at the register at the Publix. But you had to walk them down the aisles with people all over the place. Someone said, well, you know, since they've opened up the states and they're being opened this thing up, this virus has gone wild. It's grown like crazy. I heard something very unique this morning. My wife and I were way in. A friend of us, our, sent us this thing. And it said, isn't it amazing that in 72 hours, the virus has just begun to go rampant because they've opened the states up? 72 hours, folks. So they're saying that the moment the states opened up, within 72 hours, people went out. They got too close to somebody. They got the virus from the people. They came back. All of a sudden, they got the symptoms. Then they had to get to the doctor, and they had to be tested all within 72 hours. 
Folks, we need to wake up a little bit. We, we, we need to get a little more wisdom in our, in our minds. You say, well, what are you saying to me, Bishop? I'm saying to you that when the time comes to open this building up, we want to see you back here, and we're going to see God do some supernatural things. We're going to be able to act on, 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 the, on the Word of God in a way like we never have before. We're not going to be foolish. I don't believe in being foolish or being presumptuous, but we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to see the supernatural manifestations of a, of a God who cares about His people. Now, one of the things we know, as we talked about, that if we're going to stake our claim on the future, we have to move to a place that an action that creates a reaction. I said an action that creates a reaction. And one of the things that we need to do, and I, and, and I want you to get this, number one, we're, we're going to move ourselves to a position that we can move what I call the seed time and harvest lifestyle. We're going to move to a place that we're going to have an action that creates a reaction. We're going to sow a seed of an action that will produce a harvest of a reaction to the action that we sowed. We're, we're going to get into this prayer, praise, and presentation like we never have before. We're going to have an early, early morning prayer that's going to open up here that people can come at 6 a.m. in the morning uh, at least once a week. And we're going to come in and begin to pray like never before and begin to touch God. And we're going to begin to move into the kingdom of God, and, and we're going to keep our praise going. And I'm telling you right now, when, when they begin to sing this morning, and they, every, every week since we've been in this uh, uh, situation where we couldn't have our church here, but we just had church online, the anointing has so filled this room that it is fascinating to me. I got news for you. When you get back to this house, it will not be the same house it was when you left. Because this place has been filled with the glory of God over and over and over again. Our, our team, our praise and worship team and, and, and Minister Virginia, I mean, they have put this thing together. And this place is so packed and filled with God's presence and power that if you just have a little ounce of faith, you're going to get your miracle. I'm just telling you right now, when you walk in the doors, it's amazing. In fact, I'll be honest with you, since you're, since you're still held up everywhere, but you get in your car and drive around, I drive around. I come over here and drive around this building, whether you get in there or not, just to get near the anointing. Because I'm telling you, it's here. You can get healed just riding by in the name of Jesus. And so we want to talk to you today about prayer, praise, and presentation. Prayer, we've been doing every day. I hope you've been praying at home. But we're going to get back to a collective prayer. Number two, we're moving to that place of praise like we've never praised him before. Uh, it doesn't matter the circumstance or the situation. I'm going to praise him no matter what. I'm going to praise him morning, noon, and night. I'm going to praise him all the days of my life. I, I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of praise so that God knows that, that I love him and honor him and thank him for everything he's done for me. Someone said to me, well, yeah, well, we're going through some tough times. Listen, we're still breathing. We're still here. God's still good. He's meeting all the needs. And he, we're, already, we're seeing miracles take place. I, I woke up this morning. I said, well, God, thank you for another day. You give him praise all the time for everything, every little thing. Someone was talking to me, well, you know, we just, we're just struggling right now. I said, can you breathe? They said, well, yeah. I said, take a deep breath. Anyway, I said, now thank God for it. Offer up a, a sacrifice of praise, folks, because God inhabits the praises of his people. And then the third thing is our presentation. It's the sowing of a seed. We know in Genesis 8:22, the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there is going to be seed time and harvest. We understand that. As long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. We know that there's going to be day and night. And we know there's going to be cold and winter. And then we know also that there's going to be a time of sowing and there's going to be a time of reaping. It shall not cease. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night shall not cease. Get that in your mind. In fact, if you're listening to me right now, just type in shall not cease. I want to hear from you. I want you to talk to me. 
You're not here to say amen. You're not here to shout and clap. So I want to hear from you by way of just going, just typing in. Okay, shall not cease. It will not cease. I'm telling you, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. He says in the book of Haggai, chapter 2 and verse 19, there's a unique statement there. If we would pull that up on the screen, please. And it says this, is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. Now mark this, he question is, is your seed in the barn? In other words, get your seed out of the barn. The moment you sow your seed, whether you've had any fruit in the past or not, the moment he says this, as yet the vine, the fig tree, the, the pomegranate, the olive have not yielded fruit. But from this day, oh come on, but from this day, I'm going to bless you. Why is he going to do that? Because this day, I'm sowing my seed. I'm getting it out of the barn, and I'm going to sow my seed. That's important we get that in our spirit. God doesn't dwell, as I said, dwell in the past. He deals in eternity and comes back to the present to be with us. He said this in Galatians 6 and 7. Do not, uh, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So what are you saying to me, Bishop? I'm saying we're getting ready to create an action that's going to cause a reaction. We're getting ready to bring something into being. We're following the instructions of the Word of God, which said as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and because I'm committed and I have the instruction, now I've got to be disciplined enough. I said I've got to be disciplined enough that I'm willing to, to enter into that, into that place that action's going to take place in my life. It's going to cause something to take place that's never happened before. You say, well, I've sown seed before. Not in this season you haven't. I said, not in this season you haven't. You know, I'll be honest with you. Isaac had gone through his life. He'd seen seed time and harvest. But when it came to the time of famine, he said, I haven't seen a harvest in this time like this. And what did he do? When he moved into that season, that unprecedented season of no return, that unprecedented season of the pandemic, that unprecedented season where the people were starving, where the people were dying, that unprecedented season that there's no seed that anyone else had sown that produced anything. But because Isaac was blessed, because if I'm in Christ, I'm Abraham's seed, an heir according to the promise. And that season, because of my position, because of who I am, when I sow that seed during this season— during this, this a terrible situation, as we get ready to come back, we're going to begin to say claim on our future because God said this year, he said this year, I'm going to cause more people to come to Christ than ever before. He said this year, I'm going to give you signs and wonders and miracles like you have never experienced before. He said this year, you're going to walk in favor in places you never dreamed of having favor and favor with people you never thought you could have favor with. And this year, before the year is over, I'm sending supernatural prosperity. The question is, is your seed still in the barn? And you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to get committed? Am I going to follow the instructions? Am I going to be disciplined enough that I'm going to be acting on those instructions that an action that creates a reaction? God said. God said. I said, God said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, it will not cease. Seed time and harvest, it will not seed. Seed is the tool God has given to you to create your future. It's important we understand that. I said seed is the tool that God has given to you to, to, create, to create your future. It's important you know that. Let me mark, mark something down for you. It's not in the, my regular notes, but I want to give you a thought. Seed is the answer that God has for every need. I said seed is the answer that God has for every need. Seed, there's an action 
that he wants you to do something that will glorify him, that will bless and, and value someone else, but also put you in a position for a harvest to come back into your life. Seed is the answer to every need that you'll face in life. You've got to find out what seed do I need to sow. I said, what seed do I need to sow? It's important we get that. Sometimes I have to sow a seed of a kind word. Sometimes I have to sow a seed of an action where I'll lay hands on the sick. Sometimes I have to sow a seed to where I'm willing to, if you will, enter into a season of unprecedented intercession of prayer so that God has that working. In fact, we know Daniel prayed and it said the angel was released immediately, but he kept praying because the angel was fighting with the, the uh, if you will, the prison power of the air to get back to give Daniel the answer to his prayer. See, I know this. It is an action that creates a reaction. Seed, it's concentrated harvest. Oh, Every seed I sow, it has the ability, according to God's word, to create a harvest back into my life. Every word I speak, words or seeds, the sower sows the word. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Every seed I sow, it carries in it not the ability to do what you're doing with it, but the ability to multiply what you're doing with it. That it, it, it is not a single minor thing. It's not that at all, God says. To me, God said seed time and harvest. It, it has to be seed time and harvest. It can't be just seed time. The next thing we look at seed. Seed, look at this now. If you have seed, the seed that you have, it means the seed needs someone to sow it. You've got to have someone who's willing to sow the seed. You've got to have someone who's willing to give the time. You've got to have someone who's willing to offer the sacrifice of praise. You've got to have someone who's willing to give a kind word. You've got to have someone who's willing to lay hands on the sick. You've got to have someone who's willing to cause other people to feel good about themselves. It takes someone. The seed's in your hands, not someone else's hands. It's, you say, well, I don't have any seed. God said, if you're a sower, I'll get seed to you. God said, I give seed to the sower. See, if you're going to stake your claim on the future, if you're going to put this stake down, you've you got to go out and examine the land. And as you examine the land, you've got to say, God, what seed do I need to sow? What action do I need to take? What discipline do I need to live under so that I can bring this thing to pass? Look at this thing. Seed must be sown in faith and purpose. Faith and purpose. I have to move with faith and purpose. Every seed I sow has to be done in faith that God is going to do what he said as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. And purpose, what's the reason for me sowing that seed? Again, there's three, three components to purpose to sowing a seed. One, will it glorify God? Two, will the seed be a blessing and a benefit to others? And three, that seed has got to bring a harvest back into my life. We look at the fifth thing, and this is amazing. Seed is controlled by the one who possesses it. Not only does the seed need someone to sow it, but that seed is controlled by who possesses it. If you possess a seed, it's under your control. I said it's under your control. I can decide today whether I'm going to be happy or not. Say, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe your Bible then, the book of Acts. The apostle Paul looked at King Agrippa and says, I know I'm going to be killed. I know all of this stuff, but I thank myself happy. I can make myself happy, not because of circumstance, not because of anything else. I begin to make a decision in my heart that I'm going to think happy. I'm going to sow a seed of satisfaction. I'm going to sow a seed that, that I'm glad, that, I, that I'm happy. Why? Not because of anything else, but just my relationship with God makes me happy. You see, I control the seed in my life. Seed is the authority to put a demand on a harvest. You cannot demand a harvest if you haven't sown the seed. 
Oh, I'm believing God to bless our nation. Well, what have you done to bless the nation? I'm believing God to move mightily. How much time have you spent on your knees sowing seeds of prayer and intercession for a revival to break out in this nation? Well, I'm believing God to heal so-and-so. How many sick people have you prayed for? Have you, have you laid hands on or that you sent a prayer card to or, or that you just sent a scripture and said, I'm believing God to give you a miracle? It's important to understand that. If you're a seed sower, you have the authority to demand a harvest. If you don't sow a seed, you have no authority at all. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. When Jesus was given by God and he died for humanity on the cross and was resurrected from the dead, what did he do? He took the authority that the Father gave him when he sowed him. And Jesus now, when he resurrected, he was the harvest that gave mankind the authority. He says, now go into all the world with this authority and preach the gospel. Sow the seed of the word of God. Seed time and harvest. Seed is always futuristic. My, 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 my. It always deals with the future. I said seed always deals with the future. It, it always deals with the future. It's never the past. I don't sow a seed hoping I can change something back here. I sow a seed so my future can manifest itself. If I don't like where I've been, then I need to sow a seed of a new place I want to go. It's important we do that. You, you can't worry about I can't worry about what's happened. I can't worry about what was. But I know this, I can move into a new dimension by sowing a seed that I can put myself positionally, that I can lay claim, I can put my stake down on my future because I'm a seed sower. And therefore, I've, I've staked my claim on the fact that according to God's word, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. I'm not leaving my seed in the barn. I'm getting it out and I'm declaring that during this season, it's going to be like no other season I've had before. Seed carries supernatural promise. Seed carries supernatural promise. God said, I'm not mocked. I didn't say that. God said that. He said, I'm not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let me talk to you real quick. I want you to get this in your spirit. God said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. God said, I shall not be mocked. As if whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. You won't make fun of me in regards to sowing and reaping. Fascinating, isn't it? You're not going to make fun of God. You're not going to mock God when it comes to sowing and reaping. Why? Because he's built his whole kingdom on the principle of sowing and reaping. It carries a supernatural promise. Number nine, seed is a visionary's vehicle. My. Seed's my vehicle to my future. Seed's my vehicle to get me from where I am to where I need to be. It's important you get a hold of that. You know, that's the reason somebody said, well, I don't give to get. No, I don't give to get. I sow to reap. <laughs> so it's the same. Well, you can call it whatever you want. But I'm just following Bible. I'm following instructions of the Bible. Now, watch this. The last one I want to give you. And we'll get ready to close today. Seed, it is the architect's way of designing and creating your future. It's an architect. Oh, my God. It, it, it lays out the plans. When you sow a seed, it sets things in order. It sets things in place. I got news for you. I, I, I made up my mind I'm going to sow my seed. I made up my mind I'm going to believe my God. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to ask my wife to come if she would, please. And as Pastor Kathy comes up, we want to get into a place right now where your life will never, ever be the same. And I'm going to challenge you about sowing a seed. And if you come, Pastor Kathy. 
And as, as you think about sowing a seed for your future, laying claim on your future, putting your stake down, if you will. I'm going to stake my claim on my future with the seed that I sow. In several weeks, we're going to challenge you to sow a seed. Before those weeks come, though, I want you to begin to put time, talent, energy into this thing. Praying and seeking God and sowing the seeds of prayer, the seeds of praise. The seeds, if you will, that, that you can begin to talk to others and, and see others come to Christ. Be, begin to be a seed sower so that when the time comes that you sow your financial seed, it's not just about money, but it's about now you've moved to a place that you said, God, this which represents the value system of the world in which I live, I now put this stake in the ground with the financial seed that I sow because I'm going to possess my future. The world is built on finance. No matter how the sickness has been, what's the big thing? Look at our economy. Folks, we're going to change our economy. We're going to lay claim. We're going to take our marker. and We're going we're to make our history. So we'll let you know about that in a few weeks, but I want you to begin to interim begin to offer up prayer and praise as we get ready to make a presentation in a few weeks. But right now, Pastor Kathy, I want you to pray for the people at home, if you would, please. You know, they can even make a presentation today. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking about all the points you wrote, and, and I was, you know, jotting down real quick to those who were in my watch party. But the important thing is, is we're hearing about seed, and we don't have to wait for a few weeks to get our stake. We can do it now. And that's what Amen. Bishop and I did as we came in here. Yeah. We did it now. Because the Bible says that we're to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. It's easy to sit at home and just be a hearer about this. Yeah, yeah Bishop, I know we need to do this. Let's be a doer and do it now and get our seed out today. I don't care if you have to mail it text or to go, give, text to give, it. online giving. Do it now. And let's believe God for your miracle to happen this week Amen. of what you're believing for. Father, we thank you. We thank you for each and every family, every person that is represented Father, today online, or that will join us even later and watch and view this telecast online, Father, I thank you, God, that your anointing will just flow from here. What we're sensing and what we're experiencing here, Father, will flow into every single home, Father God, and that, Father, they will be obedient to your word, and, Father, that they will be seed sowers, Father God, because you love them, you will provide back, and you'll give them a harvest. And, Father, let's believe for that hundredfold back, not just 30 or 60. Let's believe, Father God, that you're going to give us back a hundredfold because we are an obedient people. Father, I ask you to take care of the needs of all your people that are viewing. That, Father, you would touch them not just with their finances, Father, in their pocketbooks, but, Father God, I thank you that you will touch them in their bodies, Amen. in their homes. You'll heal them. You'll bring them close to you. In this time, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that the message you have heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry and resources, or to show your continued support, we invite you to log on to AbundantLife.tv.